0: Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy of now 30 years let me know that the brain can and does heal but i didn't know that much about autism what i did know is that i didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs i wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally and fast forward it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods And feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's, of course, a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. Hi there, and welcome back. Uh, Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about balancing blood sugar and how it relates to gut health and strategies with autism. We know that the gut is really inflamed and has a lot of issues in children with autism. And if you've been following me for a while, hopefully you've learned that the gut controls the brain and up to 80% of the immune system. So it's very important that we start there. And of course, as you know, there are four stages. We've got to detoxify, we've got to clear the co-infections, of mold, Lyme, and strep, and other things that go along with autism as well. But starting with the gut is really important. And a lot of parents uh, unknowingly are feeding, still feeding foods that are feeding the bad bacteria in the gut and inflaming the gut that relate to sugar. And so I wanted to talk to you about that today, because as we move toward the holidays, you'll be looking for other solutions. And I'm going to be having a couple of episodes here coming up toward the holidays that hopefully will support you and give your child more options during the holiday and for you as well. Because we don't want to be loading up on sugar and bad foods. And then, especially with your child with autism, you're likely to see increased behaviors. This happened for me with my own son back when he was, you know, we'd been doing some recovery work for a while. He was really improving. And then all of a sudden, his teacher started calling me from school again and saying he was being disruptive in class. And I didn't know what had changed at first. I couldn't think of it. And then I realized that. It had just been Halloween and he had gotten, you know, had some candy, which he normally didn't eat. And it was that quickly that it affected his behavior, including that in the classroom. So just really be aware that the foods that your child is eating are really affecting not only their health, of course, the immune system, as well as their behaviors, So um, today, I'm going to go through and give you some strategies. And like I said, I'll be following up with some more episodes to give you even more options for healthier foods and natural sweet treats as we move toward the holidays as well. Today, I wanted to cover more of uh, some of the background pieces and the solutions around those. So first of all, know that artificial sweeteners are unhealthy alternatives. For example, aspartame is actually an excitotoxin, and I will link to a show that I did in the past in today's show notes about excitotoxins, but that means they literally can excite brain cells to death. And there's current evidence, and I'll link to a study, that indicates that sucralose and saccharin could actually influence the gut microbiota by reducing the good bacteria in the gut, and it has also been linked to cancers. So for instance, one study, scientists fed Splenda to rats for 12 weeks. Splenda is an artificial sweetener that contains sucralose. And the authors concluded that after 12 12 weeks, the rats had fewer beneficial gut bacteria. Now, when we have less beneficial bacteria, we don't have the strength for health in in the gut. And there's not enough good bacteria to fight the bad, especially candida overgrowth. So this is really important to understand this connection. Hypoglycemia is a condition that comes from low blood sugar or glucose. Behavioral outbursts, anxiety, lack of ability to think clearly, they come from the brain being starved of its energy supply. When it has been too long since our last meal or snack, blood sugar drops and our brain cannot function properly. If we eat too many sugars and refined carbohydrates, Our body responds by releasing large amounts of insulin to counteract the effects of all of the sugar. This is especially hard on the liver and can cause it to become congested, creating further physical and behavioral problems. And as you recall, hopefully, if you've been with me for a while, and if you're not, please subscribe, um, but to know that the liver in children with autism is usually very congested. It is our organ of detoxification, so we have to make sure that we're not doing more things to keep congesting it and keep putting more toxins into it hypoglycemia again or low blood sugar can trigger a lot of unhealthy reactions in our bodies excess insulin secretion can contribute to many severe disorders including allergies asthma alcoholism cancer heart disease chronic fatigue depression diabetes and a lot more there's something called the glycemic index or the GI, it, which is a way to measure the physiological effect that various foods have on blood glucose levels. Knowing this can help you control those hunger and energy fluctuations during the day by eating better choices. And this becomes really easy in a short period of time. Once you begin to learn what foods are high and what are low in, in the glycemic index, it starts to fall into common sense. And by, based on scientific data, Foods have been tested to show their effect on blood glucose levels. Foods with low GI will have less of an effect on blood sugar than foods with a high GI or glycemic index. The foods we eat have a direct impact on how we, how quickly our bodies are able to digest them. Slower digestion gives your body a chance to regulate the release of insulin much better. Protein is a great choice because it is low on the glycemic index. When we eat protein sources, it takes a long time for our body to break it down. The higher nutrient content combined with a low GI will also assist in satiation, so it keeps you full a lot longer. Our body will be fed a source of food that it can utilize and one that takes much longer to digest. And again, this keeps us feeling full longer and does not have a negative impact on our blood sugar. It's vital to feed your children small amounts of protein throughout the day to minimize their body's cravings for carbohydrates, the very food that converts into sugar and feeds that bad candida, which becomes overgrown in the gut and causes a lot of problems. We'll talk about that in a minute. Foods higher on the glycemic index also have a greater likelihood of creating hyperactivity and then a sugar crash with loss of energy within an hour or two after consumption. We don't want to use protein in excess, as too much can be hard on the liver. Small amounts that are spread out throughout the day, or within meals as well, uh, can be can suffice and usually do the job. You'll get to know your child, and you probably already do. And what we're wanting to do, especially, is help curb that. Those picky eating, the picky eaters, especially, they're really addicted to those carbohydrates. So if we can get other things in their body that help satiate them longer and to help their body to not crave more sugars by eating the bad foods that are making them crave more of them, then uh, we can help to move away from the picky eating and get more nutrition into our children. We commonly offer grains such as rice and starchy vegetables and fruit, and these tend to feed pathogenic bad bacteria as they turn to sugars in the body and it gets worse. The main food source of pathogenic microbes are sugars and carbohydrates. This is often when we begin seeing more physical and emotional symptoms in our child. So I'm gonna talk about sugars, high fructose corn syrup, and the liver. Sugars, especially high fructose corn syrup, are a big part of the problem for the liver also. Again, blood sugars and metabolic syndrome must be put under control. Non-alcoholic fatty liver is an accumulation of triglycerides and fat in the liver It causes it to start poisoning itself. The skin often tells us these fats are not being properly broken down. You might see rashes or hives or really dry or flaky skin that are all common indicators for yourself or your child. Food allergies, low immunity, and nutritional deficiency. How do these connect? Well, when the gut is imbalanced, the body is toxic. Food allergies are created and the ongoing inflammation is a trigger for the adrenal glands, along with the immune system to fight for the body's health and its well-being. A drop in blood sugar or hypoglycemia can be created by a lack of absorption of nutrients due to pathogenic bacteria in the gut. So your child might actually be eating nutritious foods, but they might not be absorbing all of the nutrition from them. Hypoglycemia is another strong trigger for the adrenal glands to release cortisol. Remember, this is our the adrenal glands are our glands that handle our, our stress, and our kids especially have a lot of internal stress from all of the toxins and co infections, and then we as parents have a lot of stress because it can be very challenging to have a child with autism and you know be worried about them. So just keep this in mind for yourself as well as your child. Histamines. So when there are leak there's leaky gut induced by candida spores, the body can have a hard time breaking down histamines. Now, if you remember, leaky gut is when candida, parasites, inflammation, they actually cause the deterioration of the lining of the gut in places enough where it it breaks open and, and causes holes in the lining of the gut. And this allows undigested food particles to get into the bloodstream, which then the immune system sees as an allergy because it doesn't see, it sees it as a foreign agent. So now it's putting out markers to fight this every time it sees it. And that, that particular food and your child has more and more um, acquired allergies, things that they didn't weren't allergic to before. So this is again called leaky gut and these candida spores um. Whenever they're they're there, then our body has a hard time breaking down histamines. And histamine triggers are very common in children with autism, really unknown. They contribute to symptoms, including increased stimming, a lot of anxiety and sleep issues, heart palpitations, and a lot more. By reducing stomach, stomach acid, uh, histamines actually contribute to further issues with digestion, working against your efforts again to heal the gut. This is also common reason for uh, GERD or acid backup. So again, it has to do with this leaky gut not being healed, histamine reactions, histamines causing more problems, and again, reducing that stomach acid. so you so you want to work with the histamines and healing the gut to help with acid backup or GERd, which is again very common in children with autism. I hear it from the parents in my program all the time that they're you know having issues with that. So, you know, there's a whole separate guide even just to, for working with that. Um, and I'll link in the show notes to an episode that I did on that in the past as well. And today's show notes will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 179. Adrenal fatigue. Hypoglycemia is really hard on the adrenal glands and can contribute contribute to adrenal fatigue. It's a challenge during the day, but it's also very hard on your system at night. And during sleep, candida feeds on your blood sugar. So there's some hyperactivity and I'll, I'll do a I'll link to an episode that I did about sleep from candida issues. Uh, when blood sugar drops, it causes low glucose levels in the brain. Thus, the brain's energy supply is low. And this causes the brain to secrete toxins such as glutamate. The result is negative behavior and miswiring in the brain. Some kids with high glutamate in the brain actually end up having seizures. This is especially disruptive when the brain is developing and also causes adrenal problems. Hyperactivity and inability to handle emotions and aggressive behavior are really common symptoms to look for. An imbalance in adrenal hormones can impair the body's ability to grow and recover from illness and injury. This imbalance also disrupts the body's ability to build and utilize protein or to perform what is known as protein synthesis. Proteins are needed for health of the cells and other necessary hormones in the body. Candida requires sugar as food. This can come in the source of any chemical that ends in OSE, such as glucose, fructose, or sucrose. So whenever you see OSE as the ending of a word on an ingredient label, you know it has sugar in it. Carbohydrates such as bread and pasta are also converted by the body into sugars that act as another food source for the yeast and candida. When glucose from sugars and carbohydrates is digested by candida, it creates the alcoholic chemical ethanol, and it's extremely to- it's, a, it's an extremely toxic byproduct, acetaldehyde. Candida and this alcohol, the acetylaldehyde, are transferred via the placenta to the developing fetus and are capable of doing harm during development in utero. It, it can be transferred from mom to the baby, and it's very common for us moms and people to have candida these days when they are pregnant. After birth, the baby continues to receive alcohol through the mother's breast milk, the same acetaldehyde that is, you know, converted from the candida. So this alcohol then gets through gets into the baby and it can cause mal- malnutrition by preventing the body from digesting proteins. Candida albicans or yeast can become overgrown in the gut and when it happens it's not only affecting the health of the gut and the immune system it also affects the brain and blood sugar as well. And we'll crave carbohydrates and sugar because candida uses it as its food supply. Candida also causes the gut to leak and allows for undigested food particles again to enter the bloodstream, causing more food allergies. Enzyme production also decreases, and then we have more bloating. This all triggers an immune response that alerts the adrenals to have a stress response. Worse, because the lining of the gut is damaged, it's not properly absorbing vital nutrients from the foods we eat. We then can become malnourished, even though we're eating a lot and we remain hungry because our body and brain are starving for nutrition. This can be why your child wakes in the middle of the night again, and is because the brain is starving for its glucose. So feeding your child maybe a light snack with healthy, a healthy, a mixture of healthy protein and good fats. Uh, before bed, like such as a small handful of almonds can sometimes help their, their body make it through the night while they're sleeping. Uh, So it's not fasting so heavily and the glucose levels drop significantly and the brain starves and wakes you up to feed it. So again, I'll link to um, my podcast episode number 133 on how to improve sleep tied to candida induced hypoglycemia. We want to repopulate the bad bacteria. So stress and too many sugars, including bad carbohydrates and fruit and processed food and alcohol and antibiotics can all assist in repopulating the bad bacteria. Just when you think everything is under control, it comes back. So candida overgrowth and including candida overgrowth and its problems will continue if you let them be. And remember, antibiotics are not discriminatory. They will kill the good bacteria along with the bad. And as you kill more of the good bacteria, it allows the bad to thrive further, especially once that dosage of antibiotics is finished. So you have to build and repopulate that good bacteria. So how do you help balance the blood sugar while not feeding pathogenic bacteria in the gut? So of course, diet is the very first place to get in. And if you don't have my free food guide yet, please get it now. So you can begin eliminating the top seven inflammatory foods from your child's diet. I'll link to it in the show notes, but the easy link is autismcheatsheet.com. Diet is a first step, but remember that there's more work to do. Once you have the guide, keep an eye out in your email for information, because I'll also be soon sharing about my upcoming live free event that I'll go over all four stages of natural recovery from autism. So you understand further what needs to happen for your child, but definitely begin with a diet because that is a transition that takes parents quite a while. I hear constantly, Karen, how can I get my child to eat these foods? They're, you know, they're very picky eaters and they only eat four or five foods. And I would bet money on the fact that those four or five foods are likely filled with, Carb, bad carbohydrates, probably wheat, dairy, sugar. Those things are what our kids crave. And there are reasons for that because again, these bad bacteria are craving those foods. So we want to help to slowly remove them. And it is a process because your child is literally addicted to them. And once the child's gut is healed, then uh, then they become much less of a picky eater. I went through this with my son for years as well. It takes time but once again, you properly work with that and then start detoxifying the toxins, clearing those co-infections that also, remember, injure the gut. These things like mold biotoxins and lime and strep and heavy metals and glyphosate, which is in our food sources, they all contribute to inflaming the gut and keeping it ill. So it's much more than diet, but make sure always that you are knowing what those inflammatory foods are and are eliminating from your child's diet, them from your child's diet and that you're always doing your best to go organic so your child's not getting more pesticides or genetically modified foods uh, into their body which are causing more harm. So this is the mo- one of the most important steps in recovering health because your child's gut is, is is helps his overall well-being. And again, up to 80% of the immune system is built in the the GI tract. Without health here and with inflammation and malabsorption, it's a source of immune deficiencies, distorted detoxification pathways that, yes, we can heal up, improper food function, food, food function and development, behavioral and cognitive problems, inflammatory bowel disease, and a lot more. So we want to maintain blood sugar balance. We want to eat more protein and less sugars and starches, Combine your fats, carbohydrates, and proteins at each meal, and I'm talking about good fats like extra virgin olive oil, organic extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil. Um, these are these are things that are good. Nuts can be good, but not peanuts. They're not a nut, and they can be uh, inflammatory, and they often carry molds. But you want to combine good fats and uh, proteins together. It will satiate you a lot longer giving your child vegetables, um, but avoid, avoid fried foods, avoid cow's milk because of the high sugar content and it's inflammatory and so is uh, high caffeine. Remember, it's essential to drink pure, non-chlorinated toxic water. And if you don't have um, I, the, the link to my water resource for, um, for the one of, one of the highest quality water filters available, um, I'll leave it in the show notes um, for you as well, because it's really important. There are a lot of really bad filters out there that don't get the glyphosate out. They don't get the heavy metals out. They don't get uh, people's prescription medications that have been gone through you know, recycled sewage, sewer water um, in many cities as well. There's a lot to it and uh, it's really important. There's a lot of heavy metals, including lead in our water sources. So we wanna make sure that we're not drinking contaminated water which contributes to our child staying ill to protect the brain help and and help keep its energy supplies up eat foods that are high in antioxidants such as deep colored fruits and vegetables green leafy vegetables and blueberries are, are a couple of good examples of this Always eliminate soda and really limit juices. Juice is really high in sugar, and because you know all of the 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 fiber and pulp or anything has been taken out, it shoots directly into the bloodstream. It's really highly absorbed. The sugar goes right in. There's nothing to slow down that absorption. Um, stay away from refined sugars and carbohydrates. Um, there are a lot of processed bad carbohydrates. There are better choices reduce fructose in your diet, even from fruits. We don't want to overload with fruit. Yeah. Our kids love it because it's hot. It's sweet, but you want to be sure that you're just, you know, really minimizing that, especially if you've got, you know, you have candida that you're working with. You don't want to be feeding it. So you want to just really reduce those quantities daily, completely avoid high fructose corn syrup. It's really bad, really unhealthy and actually can become toxic. Increase your amounts of, again, good oils like coconut, olive, and avocado. An avocado can be a histamine trigger for some, so I just want to note that. If you uh, give avocados to your child or you eat them and you notice some anxiousness afterwards or heightened stimming, anything like that, then it may be that they have histamine issues. Get enough protein from whole food sources, again, for it, such as nuts, seeds, eggs, grass-fed meat, organic poultry, and raw vegetables if they're tolerated. If not, then it's good to, uh, such as broccoli, you can steam it, and that helps break it down a bit so that the fiber isn't so hard for the digestion. And uh, start with smaller amounts of it in the beginning for your child if their gut is still really weak, because fiber, even though we need it, can be hard to digest and can cause them some digestive discomfort. So start with steamed, say something like steamed broccoli, but make sure that Also, um, you give start with small quantities and work your way up over time as you see your child's comfortable. Reducing high glycemic carbohydrates. Maintain a reduction or elimination of the bad starchy carbohydrates like cereal, cookies, crackers, soda, bad fats, monosodium glutamate, and all sugar substitutes that are artificial such as aspartame and sucralose. Um, For a list of the highest glycemic foods and lowest ones by scale, see my podcast episode number 159. I did, did a whole episode on this and I will again link to it in the show notes for you. Eat lower glycemic foods. A couple of examples I've already given, but you know, grass-fed organic meat like beef, lamb, buffalo, organic poultry, um, chicken and turkey, lime-caught seafood, never farmed, organic eggs, nuts, but not peanuts, a few low glycemic starches because people always ask, we want to go, you know, with gluten-free and low glycemic starches, and you want to you don't want to overload. You know, try to minimize. But millet, quinoa, amaranth, and cassava, cassava is a good one. It's a root, and it tends to be a little bit easier to digest and uh, a little bit lower on that glycemic index. Two safe natural sweeteners are stevia and monk fruit, and they are the only completely safe natural sweeteners that use uh, have an actual zero on the glycemic index. So they do not affect blood sugar at all or feed the pathogenic bad bacteria. Both naturally derived from plants and are naturally derived from plants. And some people feel they have a flavor that are very similar to sugar. They're very sweet. In fact, you, you can do in most recipes, you can do a one-to-one ratio with monk fruit instead of sugar. And sometimes you even need a little bit less monk fruit because it can sometimes be a little bit make it a little bit too sweet if they ask for the same ratio so you can make some recipes with things and and uh and see what works for you but that is a great recipe substitution especially as the holidays come up to do things with um monk fruit for baking i find stevia um i really i drink it in my tea every day and it can be good in a lot of other things I'll add a little bit to, um, I use plain sheep milk yogurt. And so I'll add a little bit of stevia to that sometimes too. Um, uh, so that I find can be stevia. You find where you where you want to use it, like in tea or things like that. But I do find monk fruit is a little bit better for cooking. The FDA says these sweeteners are general, generally regarded as safe, which means a grass reading, if you've ever heard that. And um, yeah, again, they're really, um, really helpful to know to know about because you know you might always be looking for so your substitutes or sweet sweet things and now you have an option stevia again among fruit are zero on the glycemic index and if you're using stevia make sure you get an organic stevia like a green leaf or something that definitely is at least 100 organic that doesn't have any added uh, things in it they're making you'll see little packets in restaurants et cetera, now and they'll have dextrose in them you do not want to not eat the ones with dextrose again remember o s e that means sugar they've added some bad ingredients to it so don't don't use those just use the ones that are that only have stevia in them um, and to give you an example and a comparison to white refined table sugar is 80 80 and 80 on the glycemic index high fructose corn syrup is actually higher at 87 and glucose is at 100 Just as an additional example of this white bread has a 100 as the highest on the glycemic index. I'm gonna mention xylitol separately and briefly here because it has a low number seven on the glycemic index. However, some people find digestive discomfort with it. So you really wanna really do minimal amounts of it if you use it. A small amount can be all right, you know, just too much might not be good but xylitol also has the benefit of fighting strep mutans in the body, which is the bacteria in the body necessary to create cavities in the teeth. There's fluoride-free versions of xylitol toothpaste, and I'll link to one in the show notes for you. They're also available, but it can be really helpful because it's fighting that specific type of bacteria in the mouth. Um, And I also uh, find that uh, xylitol candies, again, ones that are, I'll link to one in the show notes for you that don't have, so many of them have artificial colorings and dyes and things in them. So um, just make sure, you know, as, as the holidays approach, you are uh, making sure uh, that you're getting one that uh, that doesn't. And again, I'll link to one in the show notes for you. Once the holes in the gut heal, the parasites are eradicated and we're, you know, we've gotten the mold under control of the lime, You know, there's a lot to this, right? This isn't just one thing. I wish it were. I wish I could say, just do this one thing. And then, you know, that will take care of all the problems. We need to be holistic about all of it, of course. So once all of these are, we've worked with all of the co-infections and toxins, et cetera, and we work to heal up the gut and the good bacteria are restored to balance, then the person's susceptibility to all of these other issues will really diminish. However, if parasites are detected, the candida diet will help to eradicate many of the pathogenic bacteria, but the parasite issue will still need to be addressed separately and specifically. And I work with those in my program with proprietary organic herbal formulas that work because parasites are antibiotic resistant. And that's what you're usually going to get at the doctor and know that most parasites hide in tests. So I just want you to be aware of that. Um, as I mentioned, these things that, you know, if you do a test of them and you say, oh my, they came up negative for my child. It doesn't mean that they're negative. They could very commonly happen. So if you're using something that is safe, broad spectrum and only helps to assist the body in many ways, that you don't have to worry about using it versus an antibiotic that can be dangerous and harmful in the long run you always want to practice maintenance candida imbalance will not go away and never return this is where you learn to watch for the signs of irritability and digestive disturbances but once you've been through an entire positive proper protocol you'll know what to do for maintenance and what to you'll be able to quickly jump on top of it and get it back into balance quickly rather than letting it get too far ahead of you and causing more problems again there are some along with the diet there are many helpful supplements to assist in repopulating the good bacteria such as probiotics or others that assist in healing the gut lining and i've done extensive research on this subject especially as i went through it with my my own son and I'm often asked by parents about probiotics and they're an essential part of the recovery process in autism. However, there are a lot of bad ones on the market and poor education on their use. The subject will be held for a, for, for its own separate episode because there is so much to it. But the reasons for this for you to know about are which ones to use, why higher numbers of strains and colony forming units, do not mean it's better, and it can actually be too much and cause your child to get worse and possibly even go into an autoimmune issue, such as maybe PANS, which you've heard pediatric autoimmune, neuropsychiatric syndrome, where they get super anxious, or they get obsessive compulsive, clingy, uh, to heightened stimming, all of these things. You don't want to throw the immune system in, into overaction. Your child's body needs detoxification support, strengthened, and in place to help reduce the likely potential for die-off symptoms associated with candida dying. Because as the good bacteria from probiotics repopulate and crowd them out, then if they're done too soon before your child can handle the die-off of the bad bacteria, their symptoms can become extreme. And we want to avoid this. We want to we want to go through what I call my four stages of natural autism recovery safely in the most effective way and the easiest for you and your child both knowledge offers you safety and it offers you far better results remember to get my free food guide now to begin eliminating the top inflammatory foods from your child's diet i will link to all of these things in the show notes at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 179 and again i made a really easy um uh, link for you for the for the uh, the seven food guide, which is uh, autismcheatsheet.com. dot com, so you can you know link to that pretty easily. And feel free to share, please, with this podcast um, and the links that I share in these notes for you with any friends. Uh, if you have autism communities and groups you're involved with, please share uh, my resources with them so that they have these as well, so that they get the help they need on their autism journey. And if this benefit this has been beneficial to you, if you feel that my podcast is helpful, if you'd go on any platform you listen to it on and give it a hopefully a five-star review, it helps others to find it uh, who are searching. And that way um, they see it as something others have enjoyed, and they listen to it, and they get some of the helpful resources they need. Because as parents of children with autism, we really need to stick together. We're a community and we need to be able to support one another on this journey. So um, again, uh, I have live events coming up soon that uh, hopefully if you're not on my email list already, please get on it. if you get my food guide, it will add you to it as well, and you'll make sure, I'll make sure you'll be sure to be able to get the uh, the information when I am presenting live events for you and for your resources to share with you to help you with your child, because I do appreciate what you're doing for them, and I am here to help simplify this journey as much as it can be simplified and support you on it. So you get the very best results and help your child to live to their absolute full potential, their happiest, healthiest life possible, because that's what it's really all about. Thank you again so much for being here and, uh, and for what you're doing for your child. And I will look forward to seeing you next time.